Welcome to the Overflow Podcast. We pray you are encouraged by this message. For more info, notes, or other messages, download the Overflow Church app or visit our website at overflowdfw.com. I really want to nurture in you a spirit of gratefulness. How many of you are grateful for what God has provided for you? How many are grateful for the people that you've that God's put in your life, the church that God's put you in, the job that you have, that you have food on the table? Come on. How many of you are grateful for that? In fact, so many times when we, we pray for our food, we, we don't think about it the way that people did in Scripture. They were like they were living by faith. So the fact that they had a meal was was a miracle, right? And so we're just, we're just praying that it don't make us sick or fat, right, whenever we pray for our food. And, uh, but, but in those days, that's what we call it. We, we give thanks, right, when we pray together. And that's one of the things I love about Thanksgiving is the most, you know, heathenistic person in the world even prays on Thanksgiving, right, because we give thanks. So this is the season of gratefulness. And, and a lot of people are, are getting on social media and doing this 30-day of thanks thing. We started doing something, you know, years ago uh, called Seven Days of Gratefulness, which is a, surrounded about a week. And we'll, we'll talk a little bit more about that. Thank you, Mark. What a boss. Uh, and, uh, yeah, come on. You know that preacher needs that water. Okay, so, um, but listen, as followers, listen. As followers of Christ, one of our greatest expressions that we have in our life is gratefulness. It's one of the greatest expressions that we have. Can I tell you today, we, we got through this fascinating series where we're just talking about just being blown away by the wonder of God. And we're moving into this series where we're talking about the inexhaustible list of things in God to be grateful for. So, so we got off this series about being like fascinated and be like, whoa, God, you blow me away to like, oh, God, you did this. I'm so glad you did this. And we have, listen, just as we have an inexhaustible resource in God to, to fascinate and gaze at and to be blown away and be, be full of wonder in, we also have a list of things in God to be grateful for. Are you with me? And we, listen, when we are possessed by gratefulness, we cannot escape the ability to give away a measure of what's in our possession. So when you're really grateful for something, isn't it so much easier just to be generous? The word generous, and really this is a series about being grateful, but, but the fuel of generosity. And when we talk about generosity, we're not just talking about money. I know that that's where your mind goes. But when we talk about generosity, we think money, but it goes way beyond money. It's a lifestyle. It's a way that we interact with people. It's a way that we manage our time. It's how we utilize uh, our energy, it's the posture of a grateful heart. That's what generosity is. And so we will talk a little bit about money during this series, but really money is just an indicator, right? It shows you where your heart is. Generous as this is showing a readiness to give more of something or something more than is strictly necessary or expected, right? So you go to a restaurant, right? You know, and you get bad service, you don't leave a tip, right? Why? Because you're not generous. But the standard is what, 15%. That's the minimum. So when you go beyond that, you're being generous, right? If a service is $10 and you give $12 for it, you're being generous. And so generous is going beyond the expectation. It's going beyond what is demanded, right? Come on, are you with me? Generous is a sacrifice, Right? And uh, so gratefulness, however, is, is the fuel of the spirit of generosity. When, whenever someone cuts you off in traffic, 
How generous are you? How generous are you with your attitude? I know that you have the right to flip them off and to honk the horn and to speed up beside them and give them that look. I know you deserve to do that, but you're generous. Can I tell you, when somebody cuts you off in traffic, you can afford that. When someone cuts in front of you in line at Walmart, I know the line's long. Come on. But you got your cell phone there to keep you occupied. You can afford that. You can afford someone cutting you off in line. Maybe they can't, but you can. Because you're a generous person. Because you're a grateful person. Now, Jesus has the disciples, as, as, as we know. And in, in Matthew chapter 10 and in Luke chapter 10, there's a story where Jesus sends out 72 of the disciples, he sends them out to do the things that he'd been doing. He's like, go and, and heal the sick. Go and cast out demons. Go out and do all the things that you've been seeing me do. He's like, I want you to do these things. In fact, it says right here in Matthew chapter 10, verse 8, it says, heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse those that have leprosy, drive out demons. Freely you have received, freely give. Right? We talk about that. Freely you receive and freely give. Why can we give out healing? Because we've received healing. Why can we cast out demons? Because we've received deliverance. Because deliverance is in us. It is in our possession. And because we have it, we can give it away. Because I have life, I can give life. Right? So generosity is giving away what's in our possession. But it's all in this attitude of gratitude. It's in the posture of gratitude. Jesus was saying, give away what I've given you. Are you grateful what Jesus has given you? Are you grateful for the life that you have in Jesus? Oh, yeah, man, I'm super. How much of that are you giving away? How much of that life are you giving away? How much of that joy are you giving away? That's what we talk about here at Overflow, that it's not just enough to have joy for yourself. You've got to have joy for everybody else. And whenever we make sure that we are people that are distributing the thing that's in our possession, God will make sure that we never lack that thing. So in Luke 10, Jesus, again, same, same scenario. He sends them out. And it says this, Luke chapter 10, verse 17. It says, when the 72 disciples returned, they joyfully reported to him, Lord, here it is, right? Lord, even the demons obey us when we use your name, right? I mean, can you imagine? Jesus, you're seeing Jesus do all this stuff, and then you go out and you're doing the stuff that Jesus did. And you're fired up about it, right? You're like, yes, we're doing it. Jesus. The demons, they were scared of us. We used to be scared of demons, but now they're scared of us. We're driving out sickness, all this stuff. And yes, he told them. Jesus was like, yes. We we like to read this. Yes. You know, Jesus, like the movie that you saw on the History Channel. Yes, yes, my disciples. You did. No, no, no. I don't. I think Jesus was enthusiastic that they were doing this. Yes, he told them. I saw Satan fall from heaven like lightning. He's like, I saw it happening. They're like, yeah. I mean, they're having this like intense fellowship. He says, look, I've given you authority over all the power of the enemy so you can walk among snakes. And they're like, yeah, we're doing that. We're walking among snakes and scorpions and we're crushing them. He says, nothing will injure you. And they're like, yeah, Lord, whoa, nothing's going to hurt. We're unstoppable. We're unstoppable in you. And Jesus is like, yeah, you're totally unstoppable. Then he says this, but don't rejoice. Because evil spirits obey you. Rejoice because your names are registered 
in heaven. Now, I'm not sure that Jesus was saying, because there's other scriptures that tell us to rejoice in these things. I'm not sure that Jesus is saying, don't ever rejoice in that. But he's saying, listen, this isn't a big deal. This is not the big deal. Let me give you a perspective check, a perspective moment. Let me teach you something, disciples. It's good, because he said that, right? Yeah. They're obeying. I saw it. Right? They're fired up about it. But hold up. Let me show you the more important thing. You belong to me. You're mine. And that is a reason to rejoice. The fact that you're mine, you can drive out demons. The fact that you're mine, you can heal the leper. You can help the poor. You can be nice to the guy that cuts you off in traffic. You can give away your savings because you're mine. And I take care of you. Be grateful that you are mine. This should be the primary fuel of our gratefulness that we belong to a wonderful king. Don't rejoice because everything went your way. Don't be puffy with pride because the power you possess, but rejoice because you belong to me. 1 Thessalonians 5.18, it says this, be thankful in all circumstances. How many? All circumstances. All of them, Lord? I mean, what if, they, what if you went to the doctor and they told you that you had cancer this week? All circumstances. All circumstances. I lost my job. Be grateful in all circumstances. The Cowboys lost. All circumstances. Thank you, Lord. Mm -hmm. And then he says this, for this is God's, this is God's will concerning you. For this is God's will for all you who belong to Christ Jesus. Did you know that it's God's will for you to have a grateful heart? That it's God's will for you to live in a posture of gratefulness. That you're always grateful. That it's not like, oh, I'm grateful today. It's Thanksgiving. It's November. Also, I'll put on Facebook every day that I'm grateful for something. That's great. You should do those kind of things. But every day we're grateful. In fact, we're not just grateful every day. We're learning to be grateful every moment. Because gratefulness is a posture. It's a reality that we need to live in. Check this out. Colossians chapter 3. This tells us a, a lot about what gratefulness does. Colossians chapter 3 verse 15. Let the peace of Christ rule. How many want peace in your life? Right. Now we equate, as we were talking about earlier, we equate peace with security. Right? And we are secure. As the, as the, uh, as the redeemed community, as those that follow Jesus, we are secure. But he says this, let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts. Since as members of one body, you were called to peace. So peace is something that's our destiny. We're called to peace. Then he says this, and be thankful. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly as you teach and admonish one another with all wisdom, as you sing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, with gratitude in your hearts to God. And whatever you do, whether in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. 
Can I tell you today that our posture of gratefulness will increase our capacity to walk in peace? It's difficult to be grateful and have tension of heart, frustration of heart at the same time. Uh, one day this week, I want to say it was uh, Monday, I woke up and like I spent some time with the Lord and I was just kind of hanging out and started preparing for Sunday. And uh, man, I just, I, I was just, you know, some days you just, you feel at peace, right? You don't have to like, you don't have to faith it, right? You don't have to, you don't have to be like, I got the peace of Jesus today. I mean, you just wake up and you're just like, oh, it's, it's good. It's, oh, yeah, it's rest. And man, I was just having this like, you know, euphoric thing going on. I was like, oh, man, this feels so cool. I dropped the kids off at school. I'm like, it's Monday. I'm like, whoa, this is crazy. It's like, it's Monday. And I just, I feel so calm and peaceful. And, and uh, I'm just driving and drop the kids off and, and, uh, and go to, you know, Starbucks and studied. And, was, and then all of a sudden, some things happen that can cause tension. I don't even remember what it was. But I Leslie was like, oh, I need you to come to the house and watch the kids. And I'm like, oh. Yeah, your disappointment. And I was like, oh. And then the disappointment ended up not taking 30 minutes, but like two hours. And I'm like, oh. <laughs> and what I was doing is I was allowing the circumstances in my life disrupt the peace that I was experiencing. And what was happening is I was refusing to be thankful in those moments. Because before that, I was just like, oh, God, I thank you today. Today's such a good day. And I just love you, God, and I thank you. For and then I was like, oh, but I'm not very thankful about <sighs> Leslie being at the doctor's office for two hours. Don't you know I need to be studying and doing the work of God? And you know, I mean, all this kind of like negative kind of thing, right? What was happening? What was robbing me of my peace? My failure to be grateful in all circumstances. And so I'm learning. I'm learning that my peace is not necessarily controlled by the environment around me, but the posture of my heart. Um. Good days, bad days, suffering, scoffing, stress, tension, all the things that can be thrown at us that we're learning to function in peace. Mind, there's some mindsets that really will stifle a grateful spirit, right? A, a spirit that's full of gratitude. What, what, are, the, what are the things uh, that will do that? Well, the first thing that will really squelch a spirit of gratefulness, number one, is entitlement. Entitlement, right? We have we feel entitled. You go to the restaurant, you don't get serve good service. You're entitled to good service. I'm paying for good service, and there might be some truth to that. Can I remind you again? You can afford that. Um, you know, one of the things that we don't allow in our house is for our kids to say that's not fair, right? When people say, "Well, that's not fair." So you're the God of justice, <laughs> right? <laughs> Let me show you what's not fair. <laughs> Some plug the internet. Some plug the TVs. Go turn off the power at the house. That's not fair. You want to talk about what's fair is you not having anything. That's what's fair. See, you can choose the grace of God, which empowers you to receive his promise or what you're privileged or you deserve to receive from society or anybody else that wants to feel sorry for you. This is the spirit of entitlement that says, I deserve a handout. I deserve for you to do something for me. I deserve niceness. Me, 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 me. I, 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 I. 
just like the devil, right? I, 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 I deserve this entitlement that just says the government should provide for me this and the church should provide for me this and my friends should provide for me this and yes, it's all about you in case you forgot because you're so full of entitlement. That big world that you live in. Right? It's all about you. Can I tell you today that what you're entitled to is so much less than what God promises you. So God has way more for you than you can ever imagine. So quit talking about what you deserve and what you're entitled to and start realizing the grace of God empowers you for so much more. God has an incredible life for you. But you've got to partner with his heart. Come on. You okay today? All right. The second mentality is the victim mentality. Mentality, And that's kind of, you know, entitlement's roommate is, is victim, a victim mentality. It says this, uh, why is everything so rotten in my life? Why is life so difficult? Why is all this stuff happening to me? Me, 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 me. Right? Self-centered. Oh, just... I was raised in this situation. I don't have the same background that you did. You know, um, things didn't, everything goes your way, but nothing, nothing goes my way. It's just hard. Life's really hard, and I've, you just don't know how bad I've had. Nobody knows the trouble I've seen. You just don't understand, right? What do we call that? We call that a victim mentality. See, the, vi- the difference between victims and those that are victorious are how they deal with the battle, It's not whether they go to battle or not, because we all face battles. We all have struggles. We all have things that hit us in the face on Monday. And I know it sounds so ridiculous, right? Oh, two hours. I'm going to get off my Wi-Fi, right? The difference is not whether we have battles or not, because we all face battles. The difference between victims and the victorious is do they get through the battle? See, the problems that come your way, they can, re- they can define you or they can refine you. And for the victims, they define them. Oh, you just don't know how many battles and my past is this way. My past is this way. That's a victim mentality. Whereas the victors say this. But God, it was hard. It was difficult. I didn't know what I was going to do. But God, I didn't have a place to live. But God, I didn't have a job. But God. Saw me through. Listen, God loves you, and you belong to him, and you are more than a conqueror. If you are dealing with this mindset, and again, it's the same as the other one because it's just like me, 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 and this happened, and da, 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 da. If you're dealing that, get, dig into Romans 8. Just start studying Romans 8. In fact, just take the next year and just read Romans 8. Don't read anything else in the Bible. Just read Romans 8. Well, I've already got it memorized after like three months. Just keep reading it. Read it until it reads you. Read it until it becomes you. You are more than a conqueror. God loves you. And and, and you were loved by God and you love God. And he works all things together for those that love him and are called according to his purpose. Romans 8, all that. Just get in there and understand that God is incredible. He has a great destiny for your life. It will help you overcome the victim mentality. The third mentality that will stifle gratefulness is negativity. How many know complainers or drainers? Complainers or drainers. You know, the only people are like this. They want to get attention from people, and so they complain. 
I'm a man. I don't believe what Pastor Josh said today is talking about me. What do you want? You're wanting someone to cater to your negativity. Can I tell you, the only kind of attention that negativity brings is bad attention. Because then you're known as a complainer and nobody wants to be around you anymore because all you ever do is complain. And complainers are drainers. So I'm, man, they're calling me, but I don't want to answer my phone or answer my text message. I don't want to give them my number because all they're going to do is sit around and complain. Why? Because they want to be around people that they're just like you. They want to be people that give away life. And all you ever do is complain and you don't bring life and you're not generous with life. Then what's going to happen is you're not going to have anybody to share life when you need it. You're going to drive everybody away because you're so negative. And everybody's going to click that hide button on Facebook so they don't see your post and they don't know what's going on in your life anymore. Well, didn't you see on Facebook? No, I didn't see that one. There's one subscribe. Go back and look at their page. Can I hit unsubscribe? Right? I mean, there's a lot of people on my unsubscribe list. The government's this. America, Muslim, Muslim, the right person in office is going to fix everything. No, it ain't. There's only, there's only one organization that can fix this nation, and that is the church of Jesus Christ. It's not going to be some person we put in office. It's going to be when the people of God rise up and keep their mouth shut and do something right. That'll preach all day. And some people are like this. And let me just say this. The most bitter, trouble-filled, negative people I've ever met are simply people that can't find a reason to be grateful. And unfortunately, I have to spend my time with those people because I need to give them something that they don't have. So I'll unsubscribe from their posts, but I won't unsubscribe from the conversation because I have something to give them. And so do you. So that's a fun tension. <laughs> we will hear this, right, with people that are negative. Well, I'm just, not an, I'm just not an optimistic person. It's just not the way I am, right? Listen, if God wanted you to stay the way that you are, then he would have never sent Jesus. So let's just ignore the cross. Jesus came to rescue you, not to affirm you. Shaba. Okay. I'm not optimistic. Listen, it may be your na- nature, but it's your carnal nature. It's your flesh. When we prote- protest, this is the way I am, we are resisting the lordship of Jesus. Well, that's just the way I am. You don't know how I was raised. A victim, 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 orphan is what I want to say. You're acting like an orphan, not someone that's redeemed by Jesus. I know this is hard today. As the negativity comes out of those who have not nurtured an internal culture of gratefulness. How can you be negative if you're so grateful for what God has provided you for? And we do it, and I, I could add another one on here is comparison. That'll stifle all that spirit of gratitude because you start looking at what somebody else has got, right? Well, let's just take you across the world for a few minutes and see how much you do have. Come on. All right. So, dang, am I angry today? Okay, I'm not angry. I love you guys. Listen, so how do we nurture gratefulness? Okay, that was the bad news. Here's the good news. Okay, so what now, preacher? <laughs> right? That's all I got. I'm no, just kidding. All right. <laughs> Colossians 3. Let's go back to the verse. 
So let the peace of Christ rule in your heart, since as members of one body you are called to peace. Do we already read this? Yes. And be thankful. Let the word, here he goes. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly as you teach and admonish one another with all wisdom. And as you sing psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs with gratitude in your hearts to God. And whatever you do, whether in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. So in this scripture, he's given us the mandate. We're called to peace. How do we get peace? Gratefulness. How do we nurture gratefulness? He shares that with us as well. The first way that you nurture gratefulness is by filling up on his word. Now, when we talk about Sunday mornings and you come to church, are you filling up with the word? No, you're eating the word. But you're not filling up. How many know that what you get on Sunday is not enough for Monday? It's enough for Sunday. And that's great. And it might encourage your Monday and your Tuesday and your Wednesday. It might encourage you and give you a little direction for that. But it is not your Monday and Tuesday. Today's bread is enough for today. Tomorrow that bread is rotten. That's why the prayer says this. What give us today our daily bread. Because this bread's only enough for today. So tomorrow you need to get in the word. And I don't mean just listen to the podcast. Do the podcast. Yeah, but you get in the word. I love the, the way it says in the New Living. It says, let the message of Christ in all of its richness fill your lives. The word of God is rich. That's why it says, let it dwell in you richly. Nurture the word of God in your life. If you have a, you get you a free Bible app on your smartphone, all you poor people. And you can listen to that. You can drive down the road and listen. Just allow that word to fill you up. That's how you nurture gratefulness. God, thank you for your word. Just put on repeat, Romans 8. Or get your little voice memo out and record yourself reading it, Romans 8. And just play that every morning. I'm more than a conqueror. Come on. Nothing can separate me from the love. Until that becomes your identity. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly. Follow his... And don't listen. Don't just listen to it. That's what it says in James. Don't just be a, a hearer of the word, but be a doer of the word. You're letting the word of God dwell in you. You're hearing it. You're doing it. You're functioning in it. You're following the direction. You're following the teaching. You're listening to preaching. You're receiving the word. You, you, and, then, and then what does he say? He says, and then teach and admonish one another. Can I tell you one of the best ways to learn the word is to teach the word? Yeah, yeah. Well, I'm not a teacher. I'm not a preacher. That's okay, but you, you, you know how to have conversation, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you get around coffee and you just talk about the word. This is why it's so important. And he talks about it in the community of faith. He talks about it in the community of relationships. That's why we do community groups. So we get together and we talk. We don't have an agenda. We just hang out. And what do we do? We talk about God, Jesus, and the Bible. What did y'all talk about tonight? What, what's the Bible study? We don't have a Bible study. We just get together and hang out. And we're just letting the word of Christ dwell in us. And we're encouraging one another by the things that we're saying. This is why it's so important for you to be in relationships with other Christians. You can't do it alone. And you weren't meant to do it alone. And God said it's not good that you're, the man be alone. So I will put them in the context where they can nurture gratefulness by letting my word dwell in them. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly. Gather around. Talk about the word. It's community. We get together for common unity. What brings the unity? We're all together on the same page. We're all trying to follow Jesus, his word, the things that he's saying. We're getting together and saying, what up? The Lord was doing this. Boom. 
What does that do? That nurtures gratefulness in your heart. They're just like, man, isn't God so good? Because for me this week, it's kind of hard to see, but I can see it in your life. And I'm happy about that. I'm not bothered by that. I'm not challenged by that because I'm not comparing. We're together. There's no comparison. That's why it's like, it's not like, well, man, I struggled with this sin this week. It's like, oh, dang. Because I might struggle with that next week. But the thing is, is we are in community with one another. And we don't, listen, we don't wink at one another's sin. But we have an understanding that we're all pursuing Jesus. And when you need encouragement, I'm there to give it. And when I need encouragement, you're there to give it. What am I doing? I'm letting the word of Christ dwell in me. And then I'm grateful. I go, man, I can overcome. You overcame it? Well, then I guess I can overcome it. Will you pray for me? Yeah, let's pray. Let's do it. Let's do life together. Why are we doing life together? Because we're letting the word of Christ dwell in us. And it's nurturing a spirit of gratitude before God. So Philip on his words, number two, give thanks, give praise and thanks. And how many circumstances? All All circumstances. This is God's will for you. This is God's will for you. The only, listen, the only people that... If you don't have anything to be grateful for, you're not saved. <laughs> well, I just don't have anything to be grateful for. Really? I wish I had something to be grateful for. Really? I mean, like you're breathing? You have like a house? You have a car? You have a house for your car? You have a bone? What the... Let me tell you even better than that. You have a God who loves you, who has a plan for you, who became a man and died for you to give you life, to free you from your addictions, to heal you of your diseases, to provide for you your lack. You have nothing to be grateful for. Is that Batman meme? <laughs> yeah, some of y'all know. <laughs> all circumstances. There is so much to be grateful for. First of all, God's provision, the cross, salvation, deliverance, healing, all the things that are provided in the atonement of Jesus. What did Jesus die for? So I could go to heaven? Yeah. But also so heaven could get inside of you. Salvation, deliverance, healing, the whole package, all that Jesus paid for, his provision. Number two is providence, his leadership to provide for you, to lead you, to direct you, to be good to you. He provided heaven for you. He's been preparing a place for you for 2,000 years. I go to prepare a place for you. Providence. And number three is promise. He promised to never leave you, to never forsake you. To make you more solid than you are in your own. Promise to to visit you, to encounter you for good. Number three. So we, we fill up on his word. We give praise and thanks. And number three, we live as representatives for Jesus or of Jesus, actually. We live as representatives of Jesus. You represent Jesus. How does that nurture gratitude? Well, because like this, when I show up at Walmart 
and I'm annoyed, I go, oh, yeah, I'm here to represent Jesus. Before I give a $3 tip on a $50 bill, I go, oh, yeah, I represent Jesus. So now all of a sudden, my life is guarded by that I represent, I am an ambassador for the king. And some people would get haughty with that. Well, I'll park and I'll have this. That. That's not the way Jesus rules. He rules with the heart of the servant. That's why you can afford when somebody cuts you off in traffic to be nice about it. Well, my, my flesh is just the way I am. That's, God dealt with that, didn't he? And whatever you do or say, right there, the verse, Colossians 3.17, whatever you do or say, do it as a representative of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to him, to God the Father. Listen, we are simply rescued people living like we serve a great king. I just, I can't get over what Jesus has done for me. Some of you, the problem is, as many of us, we've just got over it. We've got over the cross. Beloved, let us never get over what Jesus has done for us. We serve a good king. And this is how we live. We live rescued. God, thank you. Oh, thank you, God. I, uh, years ago, I went <clears throat> to a chiropractor, a friend of mine. He was a friend of mine from high school, and we were youth pastoring in El Paso. And uh, I show up, and it's crazy the way God provides for me. Um, and it's crazy the way God provides for you, too. You just got to learn to recognize it. And I show up in this chiropractor's office, and I start talking to him. His name's Michael. And I had some serious, he, he did some x-rays on my neck. I was having headaches. My neck was bothering me all the time. I was freaking out. I was like, what's going on? And so he goes, he brings me into his office and shows me this x-ray that he took him of my neck. And my neck is, is the, the, the vertebrae in your neck is supposed to be kind of, kind of square, and mine was kind of like round. And he's showing me, and I'm like, oh. And so immediately I do what... You know, every non-God-fearing person does. How much is this going to cost? And I looked at him, and I said that. I said, how much is this going to cost? He said, well, he's like, we really love what you're doing in the city for all the young people. And he's like, and you and our friends, he's like, we just want to take care of everything. I've done thousands and thousands of dollars of therapy. And I just look at him, and I go, with, without even, like, thinking about it, I go, Thank you, Jesus. And he was like, he's not a believer. He's like, yeah, yeah. Oh, thank you, Michael. <laughs> and uh, and so, and I do think that we should show gratitude to people. Come on, are you with me? We need to have that kind. Of, I, I was thinking about this, and, and but it's just I was already in that mode of being so grateful for God for for providing that for me. And um, I was I was driving down the road yesterday. I had some encounter with some people. I have this little taco place I go to, and. You know, I don't think they like me because they're always, like, kind of mad, and I think it's because I don't speak Espanol. And uh, so I go in, and I'm like, hola, you know, like, like my, my white boy self. And I'm like, hey, hola. Uh, 
tortilla, you know. <laughs> like, I mean, you'd think I would do a little better. And uh, you know, there's many times as I lived many years as I lived in El Paso, and I was I'm like, um, you know, those, you know, like using like <laughs> and they're always they don't even laugh, you know. They're not even like they don't even make fun of me. They just they just got this like thing. I'm like a two chicken pastor. I try to say it with like an accent. It's terrible, you know. And uh, so they're like, they just, they just don't like me. But I'm always friendly when I go in. I'm like, hey, how y'all doing today? Here I am, the weird guy that can't speak Spanish. Hola, you know, gracias, and all this kind of thing. And they're just like, just get out of here. And that's what it feels like. That's what it feels like every time Nathan's been with me before, and I'm like, when they're there, when he's there, they're happy because, you know, they got someone who can actually, you know, that's not insulting their language or whatever it is that I'm doing that's wrong. And so I'm just like, you know, getting my tacos and stuff, and, and every time I go in, I'm just upbeat, and, hey, how you doing? I'm, I'm talking like over a year I've been doing this. And so... I go the other day, and I get my tacos and everything, and there's a lady that, that works there, there and she's nice. Like she, there's one that's nice to me, but the ladies that actually make my tacos, which is scary, they're the ones that aren't nice. <laughs> but I can see everything they're doing, so we're good. And so, uh, you know, but I watch real careful because I don't think they like me. But the other lady likes me. She's like, oh, how you doing? And I'll talk about my wife and kids to her. And uh, <clears throat> so I don't know what it is. They just don't. But I left, and I was driving, you know. And I, after I left, and I was just driving, and I was just full of joy as I left. And, and I, I, I thought this I, for a minute. I thought, you know, being nice to people is fun. It's fun to be kind to people. I don't understand how people can just go in and be, like, entitled and have this, like, grumpy attitude and, like, ex- have this expectation of people to live a certain way and be a certain way and just go in with this, like, ungrateful spirit towards people. You understand those ladies are in there working for probably like seven bucks an hour while you're going in there and order your $2 tacos and they're making them for you and you're paying that little for those tacos and they go in there and they work every day and you're going to go in there with a grumpy attitude because you deserve good service for your $2 taco and justify it by how bad my day was or how bad my life was or how my dad treated me. It's fun to be kind. But you can only be kind to the measure that you're grateful. And I just, I leave that place. I'm like, thank you, God, that I can go and get my $4 lunch. Thank you, Lord, that I get to be around those ladies every day. And they, I might leave and they might laugh. <laughs> oh, me. <laughs> I don't know. They probably do. I'll probably walk out and they're probably like, <laughs> you know, doing their, I, I would say the words that I think, but they might be cuss words. So, um, they're just saying this stuff when I walk out. I mean, I can see it in my mind's eye. I leave, and they're just like, "Wetl," you know. <laughs> I want to say a word, but I better not. Uh, <laughs> Leslie's like, "No." <laughs> I used to always say the words and ask her, "Is this a cuss word?" And then say it, and she's like, "You know, Leslie." Uh, so, but listen, as we go throughout the day, that we recognize the goodness of God, that we focus on that. Listen, when we focus on the good of goodness of God, when that becomes like the priority of our mind and that becomes the dwelling place of what I'm thinking about, God, I thank you for your goodness. I thank you, Lord, that I get to be here. I thank you, Lord, that I get to have $2 tacos. Whatever it is, I'm just there and I'm thinking about that. What it does is it go- governs my conversation and it governs my choices. And all of a sudden, I realize that I'm there representing Jesus What an incredible honor that God would take someone like me who is such a mess 
and say, I like you. Why don't you go represent me? And I could just look at him and be like, God, like, did you see what I was thinking earlier today? And he's like, yeah, but I like you. Go ahead and represent me. (sighs) That he would pick you and I to represent a king like that. Can I tell you today that everyone wants a king like Jesus? Everyone wants a king like Jesus. They might not know it because they've never seen a good ambassador. But we would represent him well with gratitude in our hearts to God, giving thanks to him. We come up, Nate. I had this, like, good quote on that. I don't know what I did with it. Sometimes I try to give you guys those things. But um, listen, we have a lot to be grateful for. We have a lot to be grateful for. And I think for all of us, we're, we're easily, our posture of gratefulness is easily moved by a day or circumstances or situation or, you know, something that happened to us 10 years ago, five years ago, last week, anything. But God is developing in us an eternal gratitude. As we stop focusing on circumstances and situations and we start emphasizing the goodness of God in our life. And just like Jesus had that conversation with his disciples, yeah, it's good that the demons obey you. But let me tell you what's better. You're mine. You're mine.